2: And I'm Jamie Jennings, and I'm in Norman, Oklahoma. You're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for April 11th, Episode 2909, brought to you today by the World Equestrian Center. Good morning, horse people. And just like that, a new champion was crowned. The FEI Dressage World Cup Final of Leipzig 2022 has made history. Jessica von Vandal and T.S.F. Delera BB finally add an FBI Dressage World Cup final champion title to their long list of accolades with 90.836%, making history the pair are the very first German athletes to win on home soil ever. Catherine Dufour. Now, isn't
0: that surprising? Woo! You would think that the Germans would have won on home soil for the World Cup before, but they have not. And the interesting story... So I have some World Cup news for you this morning. Uh, of course, Jessica won the Olympic medal and the European gold medal last summer. So Phoenix. Yeah. So she's doing pretty well. Uh, But by the way, she's six months pregnant. She's. Right She's now. a beast. <laughs> so I guess she didn't listen to her doctor about not riding when pregnant uh, and goes on to win the World Cup. So there you go. Uh, she kind of rules dressage right now. In driving one of the tightest, fi- tightest finals in recent history, Bram Chardin, who wins every year or, or, or let me start that over three two, one. In driving one of the tightest finals in recent history, Bram Chardin uh, actually held his nerves and clinched his second FEI Driving World Cup title, and he did that over Boyd XL, who has won it like ten times. So he was very excited. Bram's been on our show many times, on the driving show, and is a friend of Wendy's, so congratulations to him. We're very happy for him. And in jumping, McLean Ward was winning with Contagious. He held the lead to the the final day. And remember, with jumping, they have a series of, of different jumps that they do off of, over a period of days, and it all adds up. Mm-hmm. Well, he had no leeway going into his final round. And of course, he was leading, so he was the last rider. And any mistake would have cost him. And he was riding his horse Contagious, a 13-year-old gelding. And they took the middle element of a triple combination down, Uh-oh. and also a white plank, three fences from home, which led Martin Fuchs as the winner. So he won. Uh, he was a, out of Switzerland. He ended up winning the big day and becoming only the fourth Swiss, ride, Swiss rider in the long history of FEI jumping World Cup to win a trophy. So we lost it in the last final round. Poor oh, McLean.
2: that sucks. <laughs>
0: know. He must have been devastated. because I mean, you go through like five rounds to get to that point. And then your last ride... Oh, the nerves. It must. It must just be so nerve wracking. When you're the last rider, it, it determines what happens. Mm-hmm. That's got to be tough. So anyway, congratulations to all the winners at the World Cup. And uh, I get uh, uh, Jessica did say that she's going to be stopping riding now. Oh, I guess that she got a ninety, almost a ninety-one, and won the World Cup. She could stop riding now. Go have a baby. <laughs> <laughs> so. On today's show, we got an interesting show for you today. It's a little more serious than usual, but we have Marty on, Executive Director of the Animal Wellness Action Group. But he's,
2: and, it's exciting stuff, not just like all bad stuff. It's, all, it's
0: awesome stuff. Yeah, for change, we've had him on through a lot of bad stuff where not good things are happening. And today we get to have him on when good things happen. So he joins us with an update from the Horse Racing Integrity and Safety Act and the Horse Protection Act. Plus, we get caught up on Jamie's vacation, you know she went to hawaii and uh, actually had a horse adventure <laughs> so we'll talk about <laughs> it did
2: <that. laughs> yeah.
0: and then we got some a question first world problems apparently you people still have problems so we're going to be covering <laughs> all of that today on the show and it's good to be back Well, happy birthdays to auditor Patricia Fay, Caitlin Drosowski, uh TJ Egg, Drosowski. and Drozowski. Yeah. And, uh, our friend, host of the Horsemanship Radio Show, Debbie Lauchs, who we're going to be talking about in a little bit, and regular visitor to our show, Jill Stanford. It's all of their birthdays, and I apologize to all the people's birthdays that I missed last week. Also, we have a brand-new auditor, Alicia Court, and uh, thank you, Alicia, for joining us. We really appreciate you becoming an auditor. And now your first Daily Winnie in a week.
2: And it's because of that, I'm going to give it to you, Glenn. Oh, Daily Winnie. And I'll tell you why. There's a couple reasons. Uh, first of all, I, I very decided really
0: get a Daily Winnie. I would enjoy this.
2: This might actually be a first. So whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so like the Friday before last, the last show I was on, I said, hey, I'm going to go on vacation. on monday so are we cool (laughs) and i said it on the air so you had to say you were cool it's like it's like breaking it's like breaking up with somebody (laughs) in a very public place Uh, (laughs) so you you know you were very sweet and you said yeah obviously go to have a thing and then we get back and i i finally sit down this morning and the shipping company calls me and I need to go ship a horse that got adopted. And like of all the times that they can come, it's right when I sit down, they're like, we're here. I was like, what? So, then I was able to run down, get the horse loaded up on the trailer. It turned out I had to give some banning to another horse that was already on the trailer. And all this stuff happened. And Glenn, you're just so super cool about all of it. I work for the greatest. Well, I work with the 12 greatest years person.
0: working with you. I've gotten kind of used to
2: it. <laughs> <laughs> I've abused you for a long right. time. I'm but just worn was,
0: down. But oh. we're having
2: to do this a little backwards this episode. It's going to be a couple minutes late. So just wanted to uh, thank you for. Of your but you know, that's the
0: nice thing about not doing it live anymore, right? Is we yeah. get away with changing things up and I don't fret so much. <laughs> doing it that's live true. added its own sense of... Uh, Stress that we didn't need. <laughs> Just so you
2: guys know, we do record it like all in a row, but we can stop for the shipping company. Bob yeah. Hubbard's here. <laughs> Bob <laughs> Hubbard's here I gotta go. <laughs> we record it as
0: live, I always say. We record it as yes. live. Yep.
2: Well, you cuts are for chumps, I like to say.
0: <laughs> you went to Hawaii and uh had a little vacation. You you get all of those free flights thanks to your husband, which helps. Um but you get there, and then all of a sudden, I see you're having a horse adventure in Hawaii, which wasn't planned.
2: So I got to give you a little backstory here. My husband and I got in a huge row uh, a couple months ago. A row being a fight. Uh, where there was a dog on the side of the road. And oh, I was like, right. pull over. And he didn't pull over. And I lost my mind. And so like, we have, we have discussed... We don't break for intact giant male pit bulls, but that's it. The rest of them stop in the car. And so this has been implanted into his brain. Nay, burned into his brain <laughs> to be a better pullover. So we're driving up to uh, go on a hike, the black sand beach. By the way, we flew to Hawaii and and then we're only there three days and flew home. Those are very long flights for not a lot of time. So next time I'm staying longer, but we fly all the way there. It's like our first day. We're like, let's go to the black sand beach and go hiking. We get in the car and we're driving to about 45, 50 minutes and we get about 40 minutes in. And I see we're driving and I see this horse come galloping across the road and, like, go uh, on the side. And I was like, whoa, whoa, that, no, pull over. That's not supposed to happen. <laughs> and what does he do? Arr! Like, immediately pulls over. Now, I go, pop the trunk. I'm, I'm in a rental car, but in my trunk, I have lead ropes <laughs> at all times. There's three. So, I, I'm like, pop in the trunk. Oh, crap. I don't have a lead rope. Okay, give oh, me So, the horse purse. did not have a rider. No, there's nothing oh, on this horse. Gotcha. He is. She is loose completely loose. So I say, give me my purse. And he has, he's like, what do you need your purse for? And I take the strap, strap off, off my purse. Like, <laughs> like, I'm like, he And the got her up. belt off
0: and tied the two together. I didn't
2: have a belt. I was wearing <laughs> a bathing suit and a t-shirt. Oh. Okay. So like, there's not, I did have some shoes on. Oh no, I didn't, but I threw them on real quick. I jump out of the car and I go to get the. At this point, I see a rider come cantering up the side of the road as well. And, she's like and i was like ah you need some help she's like are you a horse person and i said yeah yeah i am a horse person so she's like yeah if you can help me well this was a chestnut mare by the way i know right it was so (laughs) awesome so we get the horse off the road and i have chad pull his car up so it's like up up the hill like off the road but she she's on a horse and she's like kind of cutting it to keep it up there. And I'm and she had a lead rope, so I took her lead rope and I went up to get the horse. That horse was having none of me. I mean, it was like
0: did it have a ha, halter on? No, no halter. No,
2: nothing. No, no. And she was like, hop up. I think would like dip away just as I was get close enough. And this lady was like, here, let me try. She goes, "Did you ride?" Yes. She goes, "Hop on my horse and you cut it if it needs to. If it tries to go back to the road, I was like, I'm on it." And then I hop on this ginormous, like, du- it was like Duke. <laughs> With okay, shorts but-
0: and sandals, right? Or
2: No no, no shorts, no. <laughs> that, was a, that was a one-piece bathing suit and a T-shirt. Fortunately, it wasn't wet. I was dry. So I hop on this horse, and uh, I had to, like, help maneuver a little bit. She goes up to the horse, and the horse is like, oh, dang, it's mom, you know, and, and is caught. <laughs> so um, I didn't get to ride super long, but I did get to get on the horse. You and, of course- practice
0: some of your cutting skills, though.
2: Yeah, and I was like, Chad, take pictures. And he's like, I felt like, like the biggest idiot. Y'all are wrangling the loose horse, right? I'm like, in my bathing suit, taking pictures. <laughs> so, Lucas is over
0: there cheerleading. Go,
2: mom! He's in the car on his iPad. He's like, What <laughs> you do? I was like, Dude, I just caught a horse. He's like, oh, Okay. He just so doesn't care about anything I do with horses. Um, so we end up catching the horse, and of course. The halt. The the lady had a halter underneath her bridle on the horse I was riding, so I hopped off. I took the bridle off, then took the halter off, gave her the halter, then put the bridle back on the horse, and we got everybody home safe and of sound. All the to people pair. to
0: show up. She was lucky. You did.
2: <laughs> so Chad said he goes, she didn't know who she got. <laughs> I was like, I don't care. It was just fun. Like I mean, it was exciting. I'm glad nobody nobody there Are there a lot of horses in that area you were at? In this area, apparently, she said, because I'm like interviewing her at this point, yeah. and I was like, uh, "So, so, how you you lived here your whole life?" She was like, "No, I just moved back like a couple years ago." This was her parents' sugarcane plantation, and they've sold off so much. She has eight acres that she like, inherited from her parents. And so she lives there with a couple horses and apparently one naughty mare who snuck out the gate as she was going out you know, to go for a ride. Um, but she lives there by herself and has two horses and eight acres. And this is the most beautiful place on the planet. I mean, the, the, as you're getting up to like, she was telling me that the North, that the big Island of Hawaii and in the world, there are 11 ecosystems that are represented in the entire world there are eight of those on the big island so when we left from like lava and we drove up we went through like a forest we were in a jungle at this point when you're on the north island and it was just it's just spectacular it's just amazing so it's like a like a rainforest by the time we got to the to the north part but she was saying that, that there's 11, there's eight ecosystems on this whole place. And she's like, it'll start raining in about five minutes. And <laughs> it's like Florida, then it'll be done and it's going to be hot. And then they're going to have a drought. You know, like, it's just really interesting to talk to somebody who is local, you know. Um, but it was really fun and we saved the horse and it was, it was awesome.
0: Yay. Good for you. Good for you. Yeah. Can you imagine how expensive it must be to keep horses there?
2: Well, she's got her own place, but she has a. Tr- she's like, I have a trainer up the road, and 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 I didn't even want to ask how much hay was, but the grass was like two luscious. meters tall, yeah. you know. <laughs> we luscious. need to talk
0: to somebody in Hawaii soon. We really do. We haven't. We have a listener
2: that. who lives actually in this area, an auditor. So we need to. We uh, need she to get, she yeah. sent me a message.
0: We need to get Let her me. on because we haven't talked to anybody in Hawaii in a long time, if ever. I know. So, yeah.
2: I mean, how Let's much is hay there? Do they even have to feed hay there? Yeah. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> How's it all work? Yeah. It was. It was really fun, and and the, I think my favorite part of the whole thing is when I said, "Give me my purse." Why the <laughs> hell do you need your purse? <laughs>
0: All right, it is National Pet Day, actually. So it's, uh, this day was first proposed in the year 2006 by Colleen Page, who was a renowned animal welfare oh. advocate and lifestyle expert. And apparently, she must add some clout because it's now National Pet Day. So, enjoy your pets today. You know, Yay. I enjoyed my pet over the weekend. I got to ground drive my pony for the first time in four months.
2: Why? What's taking so long? Oh, you've been my sick. My arm.
0: Yeah, my arm was had the blood clot and swelled up and was painful. And finally, in the last week and a half, the pain started to go away.
2: So oh, it was actually, good. I don't know why,
0: but it's going away. Maybe that means the blood clot's going away. I don't know. But I was able to finally use it. And I had my surgery before that, so it's been four months. And Jennifer's been ground driving them a bit, but this is the first time I ground drive him at the new, at the new boarding stable. So I ground drive him all around. And it was the first time that we've driven him into the woods on the trails where we're going to be taking the cart. And he, w- he was a perfect angel. He didn't not Aww. one step wrong, nothing. He didn't spook and it was windy. It was like 40 mile an hour winds that day. The winds, the trees were blowing and you know, stuff blowing around in the woods. And hey, he didn't care. So uh so I think I'll be getting the cart out this week for the first time in a long time and uh taking it out of the cart. Now, everybody at the boarding stable is petrified.
2: I was gonna ask you, so how are they just Because my horses have always been scared of minis, you know, most horses are. So are they scared the of cart. him being oh they're scared the of the cart.
0: cart. That's what they, they love the pony. Everybody loves Scooter. Matter of fact, I think he's getting fatter because they're all feeding him treats. Um, so they all think he's cute as heck, but they're really terrified that I'm going to take the cart out and freak their horses out. So what
2: about their horses? Are their horses scared of him?
0: uh, No, I mean, no, they're not scared of him, but they never seen him with the cart attached so so we're going to have to play that uh carefully uh when we
2: just them have them the so so be holding the cart have them lead their horse around the cart in circles both directions like introducing a ditch and then have them <laughs> turn around go the it. other way and, usually and fine. then yeah have them follow the cart <clears throat> and the following something that they're afraid it's, of is a big Boost because they, I think, in their brain, they think they're chasing it. You know,
0: <laughs> it's always the people that have more trouble when we come across them on the trails than the horses.
2: Oh, yeah, <laughs> they're,
0: they're the ones freaking out. Their horses are fine. So, when we come across other horses on the trails, we stop and we let them do go by. You know, we always stop and we let them go by because, yeah, you know, and it's usually them freaking out. You know, the horses are just went, uh, you know.
2: So, so I had a friend who was a mountain bike rider. And anytime he was on a trail with a horse, he would pull over and stop. And he said that 90% of the time, somebody said something really nasty to him, even though he stopped well, and moved over. And you know, and what? so what I told them, to, here's what I told them to tell them. When they go, your into bike. I said, tell them, train your horse.
0: <laughs> there you go. <laughs> We've come across, there There are mixed trails all through the Greenland's Greenway, so there are bikers and mountain bikers, and some stop, some go flying by, and so the horses have gotten used to bikes, because they see them all the time in the woods. Uh, so, you know, I, we don't have too much trouble with the bikes, but yes, horse people are rude to the bikers, and bikers are rude to the horse people. It's become a thing <laughs> now to battle that out. I don't know. Hey, one other thing before we get to Marty is the movement's coming up, and there's still some tickets left, a few, and we want to encourage you. I saw that a couple of auditors signed up again last week. So we want to encourage you to... Come out and hang out with us, Dr. Oh my
2: God. You guys have to come. This is gonna be so awesome. You get to spend three days at Monty's place with Monty and like hang out with Glenn and Jen and Dr. Wendy and Alina and me, I guess, but whatever. It's gonna be so I'm so excited. It's It's probably the most
0: hosts that have been together in a long time. So we and and you guys have been bugging me for years to do something on land that involved horses that wasn't a cruise. So here you go. Here's your chance, right? West Coast. Prove, prove Jamie correct that people will come out for land-based things too. So, yeah. where you go yeah. to com and you click on the movement banner. It's Movement 2022. It's in June. Uh, and you're going to come out and have three incredible days. Two two or three. Your choice. Incredible days. You can spend it uh, learning. You're going to see Jamie do her thing. She'll be in the round pen, uh, uh, you know, training horses, doing her thing. I'll well be as- in
2: the gelling pen with Monty, training wild horses. And then on Sunday, I get to do private lessons for people, which I think are sold out.
0: I'm, I'm, oh, really?
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm cool. sold out. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but everybody can watch. It doesn't matter, you know. We're all just going to hang out and get to know each other. I'm so excited. And we have a dinner. We have a party one night
0: with Templeton Thompson's going to be doing a concert.
2: Yeah, she's doing a concert. Add is Up. Like, how cool is that?
0: Yeah, and just for us. I mean, so this is pretty yeah. exclusive stuff. And if you've never been to Flags Up Farm in California, it's absolutely beautiful. So you're, you're going to want to see that area anyway. So come on out and join if us. If you're a
2: huge Michael Jackson fan, his Never Never Land is like 15-minute drive. Oh, really?
0: I didn't even know that.
2: Yeah, you Did they can see they do see tours the- of that? No, you can, but you can go stand in front of his gate and take pictures. <laughs> That's what I
0: did. <laughs> MoneyRoberts.com, com, either one. You'll find all the information. Sign up today and join us in June. We want to meet as many of you as we can.
2: I think Oprah lives around there. Let's see. Uh, yeah, like all the people.
0: Well, something that's around here is the World Equestrian Center here in Ocala. They have many non-horse events all the time, but they also do a ton of horse stuff. When you have dozens of rings, many large indoors, multiple conference centers, and over 10 restaurants, you can have a variety of shows. And coming up just this month, this weekend is a CDI three-star dressage and Grand Prix. Thursday night is the Grand Prix, and Friday night's the freestyle. And all of them are free. I think we're actually going to go out for the freestyle on Friday night because this is all the big riders. Uh, Also, the National Collegiate Equestrian Association National Championships happen at the same time this weekend, in addition to... What's called the Weck Sudden Impulse, which is an AQHA NSBA show, April 20th through the 30th. And they have thousands of horses that come in for that Western show. Plus, we're looking forward to the festival, uh, Festivals of Speed Exotic Car Show and the Kentucky Derby Party the first weekend in May. So this is a happening place. A lot's going on. If you're ever driving past Ocala on Route 75 on your way to Orlando or Southern Florida, it's a must-see. It's 10 minutes off the highway. Come over and visit the World Equestrian Center. Eat at one of the many restaurants, and just walk around to take it all in. There's always something happening there. That's weck.com, WorldEquestrianCenter.com. Go Check see Sergeant Reckless and go and see Sergeant, Sergeant Reckless. Reckless. Get your picture with the with the statue. Everybody that comes to World Equestrian Center gets their picture with the statue.
2: They need to do get the secretariat too.
0: Yes, they do. That'd be awesome. They do. And then that giraffe, which he just did, that would be
2: <laughs> So
0: it's WorldEquestrianCenter.com. And next up is Marty Irby, our friend, Executive Director of Animal Wellness Action. And he is the one that we've had on over the years talking about uh, trying to make horse sports safer, less weird and nasty over the years and he's He's the he's the animal's voice in washington dc he is and we're going to talk to him about what's been going on with the uh, horse racing integrity and safety act and also what's happening with the soaring in uh, in the south well hey marty thank you so much for joining us today
1: well glenn it's so great to be here with you and jamie as always i really appreciate the opportunity
0: Well, I wanted to talk to you about a couple things today. One was the Horse Racing Integrity and Safety Act, because there was some news about that. But first, can you tell us what the Act does?
1: Yes. Well, the Horse Racing Integrity and Safety Act was signed into law in December of 2020. We worked for about six years to get the measure enacted, and it actually had a little bit of a delay in the time that it uh, will take effect. So it will take effect on July the 1st of 2022. And it very simply first banned the use of all race day medication in thoroughbred racing in the United States with an opt-in clause for harness racing and quarter horse racing. And then second, it went further to establish a uniform national standard and set of rules and regulations to be overseen by the new horse racing integrity and safety authority that the legislation created. With um, the intent that USADA, the U.S. anti opening agency that oversees the Olympics, uh, caught Lance Armstrong, would be the enforcement and testing arm. So USADA would uh, do the testing and enforce the rules and regulations with some light oversight by the FTC or Federal Trade Commission.
0: So this wow, brings, this basically the big makes
2: big boys involved. Yeah,
0: <laughs> this basically makes national what. But the states, you know, some of the states were trying to do individually, this nationalizes it?
1: That's right, absolutely. It, it, you basically would take the equivalent of the highest standards in the country and, and make them even better and then nationalize it, and that's what we're looking at here.
0: Does it include LASIKs for day of?
1: It does include LASIKs, so they will no longer be able to use LASIKs at any track within um, a 24-hour period of the race anywhere in the United States.
2: Oh my God. Guy I ask a question? Okay. So one of the cocktails that has been brought to my attention here is the combination of Lasix and albuterol. Is that something that will go away? Yes,
1: yeah, it would And any variation of the use of Lasix or any therapeutic or performance enhancing drug, would no longer be able to be used at any of the racing jurisdictions at any of the races in the country And so, you know, there will be very, very stringent drug testing and so much of what has been allowed in the past from state to state will no longer be allowed. There were, you know, 38 basic, basically 38 different racing jurisdictions. I think one may have lost its last track in the past few years in Washington state or Oregon. But um, anyway, all of these racist jurisdictions had different rules and regulations. Some allow drugs, some allow Uh, different types of drugs. Some allowed LASIKs at different races. Some didn't allow LASIKs based on the standards that we've seen come up in the past few years. And this creates one blanket uniform standard all the way across the board. So if you're caught with drugs in your system on that test that uh, shows they were within 24 hours of the race, then you're going to be in trouble.
2: So let me, sorry, Glenn. So for those who don't know what LASIKs does is, Lasix yeah, right. is a diuretic, and so horses were coming up with broken capillaries in their lungs because they're breathing so hard, and what they realize is giving them Lasix will keep them from busting those blood vessels and having bloody noses when they were done so they started giving Like I remember growing up when I was galloping racehorses you'd have one or two horses on Lasix and there'd be an L next to their name well now every horse is on Lasix because they've realized it is a bit of a performance enhancing drug so now every horse has it what happens to those horses that are actually bleeders are there going to be like are those horses going to be allowed or is it just like no
1: Well, first of all, you know, my personal opinion and the position of our organization, Animal Wellness Action, is that if there are horses that are being run so hard that they're bleeding, they shouldn't be being run at all.
2: Amen, brother.
1: You know, I mean, there's just no cause for that for any reason. Um, There are uh, some new regulations that were just actually finalized about a week or so ago and released from the FTC that would address some of the what's being implemented. I haven't actually read the new regulations yet, but, um, there will be, uh, some regulation addressing the bleeding beyond Lasix. I just don't know that those were developed in the first batch. There are going to be several batches of regulations that come out. And, you know, one thing that I think most people recognize now and has been widely accepted is that not only does Lasix, uh, prevent horses from bleeding, but, it can have some long-term effects on horses as it relates to skeletal structure and the density of the bones. Because as you said, it's a diuretic, it causes horses to lose water weight right before they race. They urinate the water off, which makes them run faster as well. And then that actually causes the deterioration of the skeletal structure over time where the bones dehydrate, they adapt, they develop, uh, in many instances, um, fractures and micro fractures. And then that's when you see these trainers using pain masking agents or other agents to cover up what they have going on there. And they're running unsound horses on the track. And ultimately many of those are the horses you see that break a leg on the track and have to be put down or what they call a breakdown. So it's, it's sort of a race to the bottom when you're talking about these drugs, mm-hmm. one drug leads to the other. And we believe that, you know, no drugs is the best answer and if you have a horse that requires drugs, then he shouldn't be racing. He or she shouldn't be racing, and the horse should be taken care of. And when they're healthy and they're healed up and they're ready to go, then they should be racing.
2: Again. Oh, my God. I wish I could hug you right now. I'm so excited. <laughs> Marty, I have trained at this point, Ninety-six horses have come to me off the track at this point. Oh and God. I am like... My mind is blown because I see these micro injuries that pop up that that they may not present themselves when they're on the track. But, you, you know, the horse is five years old and it's got giant oscillates and it's ankles and it's got all these issues that this is so I, I've just said it for so long. I'm like, why does anybody give horses anything? And you guys took right, that and right. ran with it. And I'm just so excited.
0: You listen to Jamie. Yeah. <laughs> <And goosebumps. laughs> My nipples are hard. So <laughs> All right, so I don't think
2: I've ever heard that one Yeah, <laughs> I haven't heard it on
0: this show either. I may have to take that one. So <laughs> All right, let's move on because we have a lot to cover. So the Horse Racing Integrity and Safety Act, of course, there were industry uh, people who didn't like that and took it to court. Tell us what happened in Texas.
1: Well, a federal court judge in Lubbock, Texas, Friday a week ago, just about 10 days ago, uh, basically, throughout the lawsuit that had been filed uh, by the HBPA, that's Eric Hamelback and the sort of group of trainers in thoroughbred racing that have been rogue and been fighting against the legislation since the day it was first introduced. And so that judge threw the lawsuit out basically said it's a frivolous lawsuit. And, and that ultimately has, uh, at least in the interim, upheld the constitutionality of the law there is a second lawsuit pending uh brought by some other folks in kentucky i feel that we'll see the same result there but that has not been officially addressed yet so you know we'll see what happens but as i said in our statement following the judge's decision we spent six years on this in congress some of the most brilliant legal minds in congress the animal protection world and the horse racing industry particularly bill lear who's the vice chairman of the jockey club a brilliant, brilliant attorney who knows this stuff backwards and forwards in his sleep, spent a lot of time vetting this bill, writing the bill, and making sure the constitutional concerns were addressed. So we have no doubt that it's well within the confines of the U.S. Constitution and the Commerce Clause, and that these challenges are just a way to distract and try to derail it, and will end up as very, very unsuccessful attempts
0: across the board. All right. So it goes into effect in July, right? Uh, Right. At this point. All right. Good. Let's move on. What
2: is going to happen to people like Bob Baffert?
0: Well, that's the next question. (laughs) (laughs) So Bob Baffert, you know, obviously he's been suspended with a bunch of states and things before. How important was that, that the states actually followed through on the Bob Baffert suspensions?
1: Well, I think it's tremendously important. You know, Kentucky made their decision. Um, They ruled that he should have a 90 day suspension. And there are a lot of different nuts and bolts in this thing. I I won't get into the details on. But at the end of the day, um, Kentucky suspended Baffert. He went through three appeals. He lost all three appeals, uh, one within the commission uh, the next stage to the actual courts and then on further to the Kentucky appellate court. And Baffert officially started his suspension last Monday, a week ago today. California followed suit and offered reciprocity uh, barring Baffert. From Santa Anita, which is his home track in California. His signs were physically removed. His horses that he uh, had there at the time were removed. I think some went to another trainer and stayed there on the track. And then uh, New York followed as well. And what's significant about that is that New York obviously represents the Belmont Stakes and the third leg of the Triple Crown. But we had not heard anything from Maryland. And while it's widely known that reciprocity is offered from state to state. The general betting public doesn't necessarily know that. And so we uh, sent a letter on Friday to the Maryland Racing Commission, and I got a uh, response back this morning from the executive director, J. Michael Hopkins, saying that Baffert is officially on suspension in Maryland. So I'm actually going to be sending a press release out in about 30 minutes after we uh, are done talking. Well, hearing and, uh, you here first, So you're the first to know. You're the first <laughs> first to Yay! Know.
2: I did read, too, that he's suspended from the Derby for the next two years.
1: That's, I, I think that's still a little bit up in the air. So that suspension is a little different because Churchill Downs, the actual entity that owns and operates the Derby, suspended him for two years. I think Naira, the New York Racing Association, that's their counterpart in New York, did the same. He has filed lawsuits against Churchill and Naira uh, in that regard to try to stop those suspensions. But I did see that uh, Baffert withdrew one of the two complaints uh, last week after the final ruling on Kentucky. So hopefully all of that sticks. Um, You know, I think most of the lawyers I've talked to have said, look, those are private properties. They have the discretion to allow who they want to allow and who they don't want to allow, like any sporting event. And um, I think his challenges are going to fail there as well. But there is still some question to that. And uh, all of these smart lawyers that are much better at this than me are going to have to work through that one.
2: God, this, That guy could have been the biggest hero in like the world for horse racing for eternity. And he is. But that's what happens when you cheat. I swear. I, right. I We used to play songs on here. And I want to play the song. Lee Greenwood, proud to be an American. I can hear in my head. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so uh, what no, else? I'm yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, no. It's just
1: it's bizarre that someone would push the envelope that far, push the line that far. But as Jamie, you and I know our friend, Monty Roberts, we've talked about this before and he's known Bob back for a long time. This guy is going to do whatever it takes to win. And he will snub his nose at the rules. And, uh, you know, I guess I'd say the chickens have come home to roost.
0: Mm hmm. Well, you know, uh, we'll see. I mean, we'll see what happens in the future. You know, it- We'll see what happens in the future after he's back to work again. So, Right. But but at
1: the very least, if nothing else, we have effectively prevented Bob Baffert from competing in any of the Triple Crown races in 2022, and he will not have a winner of any of the three.
0: Good. Good. Well, and again, an example needed to be set, too. And that that was the perfect example, right? And he opened himself up for it, so there you go. (laughs) Probably good. All right, real quick,
2: man. He hates you, doesn't he? He's probably got a voodoo doll, (laughs) Marty Irby. He does.
0: He's sticking pins. I don't know. I I don't know. I've never
1: met him or spoken with him, but I'm sure he's probably not fond of me.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So,
0: real quick, like in Reader's Digest form, because I want to get to something else. What else needs to happen in racing? What's next?
1: Well, what we need is the proper implementation of the law that we discussed. Uh, what's up in the air right now is that the new Horse Racing Integrity and Safety Authority has not secured a contract with USADA that the law requires. There's some question as to whether or not they really um, you know, put in the effort and time that was required to negotiate a contract by the terms of what the law specified. But uh, they have a new executive director they just hired. I am talking with her on the 15th, and I think we'll we'll find out a lot more then. Hopefully she's trying to bring the new entity back to the table with USADA to work out a contract. They had veered off down a path of talking to the NFL and other sports about testing and doing something on their own, but that's not the intent of the law. And then once we see it take effect in July, hopefully we'll start seeing a lot more of these guys who are rigging the system and drugging horses taken down and really punished with meaningful fines and suspensions. And beyond thoroughbred racing, we're still working with the harness racing industry and to a much lesser degree quarter horse industry to try to get those breeds to opt in and also come under the act. But it's not a requirement for them. And there's probably Yet. a whole other episode we could talk well, about harness racing. I think
0: between, racing, t- t- yeah. by the time it becomes a requirement for harness racing, harness racing might be gone. It's, it's uh, on that way out anyway. Um, yeah. More and more tracks are closing, and it's, it's un, uh, unfortunately going away. All right, let's switch gears totally for the last couple of minutes here and go to the Omnibus Appropriations Bill, which Jamie and I talked about two weeks ago. First of all, there was one, first one in five years. That's the bill that actually gives money to the government so they can continue operating. Uh, and they did a couple of things in there that were good. One was they gave more money for the Animal Cruelty uh, Crimes Unit and the Horse Protection Act to actually uh, enforce the soaring and test more at shows for soaring. You know, they gave a little bit more money. I, was it enough? Where are we at with all of that?
1: Yeah, no, no, it was actually a lot more money. So you have to look at this uh, from 1970 to 2020, 50 years from the time the horse protection act to end soaring was enacted. Uh, they never had more than $705,000 in that 50 year period in one year to enforce the horse protection act In 20, uh, 20, we got $1 million. So it was up a little bit like 300,000, a million 20, uh, the, the next, sorry, I think that was 2021 cause it's fiscal year to the next year, um, for uh, fiscal year. 2021, we got $2,009,000, so they more than doubled it, and then for this year, fiscal year 2022, we got $3,040,000, so we've more than tripled, or almost tripled, rather, the amount that we've had in that entire 50-year span per year, and there will be, for FY22, 300000 of that funding allocated towards science-based objective uh, testing protocols like swabbing, blood testing, urine tests, things like that, that they haven't really done for x-raying the feet and things like that to see where they might detect soaring. So it's a huge game. The The biggest game we probably had to combat soaring in all of our efforts that we've been working on having that specific funding. And we have heard that the USDA has gone on and really cracked, in, cracked down um, on the soaring folks in Tennessee, Alabama, and Kentucky over the past few months. Um so we hope to see more of that. We're asking for four million for fiscal year twenty-three with five hundred thousand dollars of that to be allocated towards science-based objective testing. And I think we'll get pretty close to that. But we're very, very <clears throat> encouraged on the horse sword front because that's just such a great resource that we never had before. On the animal cruelty crimes, there was some specific language directing the Department of Justice to crack down on Many of these animal cruelty laws that include anti cockfighting laws, but also the Horse Protection Act and other laws like the uh, Preventing Animal Cruelty and Torture or PACT Act. That was the first anti-cruelty statute uh, in American history. We got signed into law in 2019. So we're really, really encouraged. Had a lot of great wins there. And uh, I'll just have to say I'm glad I don't have any children because the national debt is so high. Uh, I know I'm a little off subject there. Why not just add to it? (laughs) (laughs)
2: I have have the best idea, though, Marty. (laughs) The best idea that I can come up with is to just, I don't know, end the big lick, and we could take that $3,000 and put it back to our children's, that $3 million, and put it back into our children's education funds.
1: Well, yes, if we did stop the big lick, we have to get the past act passed to do that, and unfortunately, (laughs) I don't see that happening any time in the next decade, uh, because no matter what we do in the House of Representatives, the two Tennessee and Kentucky senators are going to block the measure. They're tied in deeply with the uh, coalition in Tennessee that's against the PAST Act. And I think, you know, what's important is people always say to me, well, they'll be gone one day. And I'll say, you know, when we started this with the PASS Act in 2012 or so, Senator Bob Corker and Senator Lamar Alexander were the Tennessee senators. Now it's Senator Marshall Blackburn and Senator Bill Haggerty. The position has not changed, and it's not going to change if two more senators get elected. So um, we are where we are, and until we can convince groups like the Humane Society to come to the table and work with the industry um, and forge a compromise that we could get done, we're going to have to rely solely on this appropriations route and perhaps some other regulatory um, schemes as well.
2: I well, wouldn't. you know, I figure nobody's going to be able to go to horse shows in Tennessee anyway because gas is $400 a gallon. So, I mean, <laughs> you know, it's got to end.
0: <laughs> yes, it is. it is. I would hate yeah. to be – my dad was a USDA inspector, and he worked, in a, he worked uh, with chickens and eggs. And I, I know what kind of bribery they tried to do with him at the plant. I would hate to be an inspector that shows up in Tennessee with these old boys and having to enforce this and test for it, and everything, oh my God, you gotta have some guts,
1: yes, and you could you could uh, they they have threatened physical harm, oh, I'm on sure they these. have <laughs> <laughs> you know there was one guy, not an inspector, but one owner, George Lee Lennox. There's an episode I'll send you guys a criminal uh called the Big Lake where he was actually murdered over this, so It's
0: there's some rough folks in this crowd.
2: Well, you're lucky you got out of it and you're lucky to be alive. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. We
0: don't know where you live and we won't give that away. Okay. Uh. (laughs) Well, Marty, thanks for joining us and thanks for all your hard work. It's paying off. Well, Thank you
1: both. I've enjoyed it as always and appreciate you so much and uh, look forward to hearing this.
2: Well, from the bridle path to the training arena, you'll feel balanced and supported in the thoughtfully designed arena all purpose saddle, whether schooling on the flat, jumping a course, or simply riding on the trails, the beautiful arena all purpose will keep you and your horse comfortable. Every step of the way, every rider nurtures a unique and special connection with their horse, a connection that's built on trust. And for riders, it's their horse's welfare and comfort that comes first as every horse regularly changes shape with their level of fitness, diet, maturity, When it comes to your saddle, it too should be able to adapt to meet the changing needs of your horse. Priced at $15.99, the Arena All-Purpose Saddle will be a great addition to your tack room. Visit arenasaddles.com to view the full range of saddles available and find a retailer near you.
1: It's time for the weekly look at your equestrian first world problems. This ought to be
2: good. Yes, these are real sad tales of woe that our listeners have actually there are auditors so if you have sad sad first world equestrian problems that you feel like you need to share you need to be an auditor that's where the party is so uh glenn tell them how they can do that
0: just go to horseradionetwork.com click on the auditor banner in the upper right hand corner and for as little as three dollars a month you too can join
2: the party and help support the network All right. Well, we're going to start. I just want to remind everybody that if you have an equestrian problem, it is a first world equestrian problem. All right. The first one comes from Chelsea. And it's just three simple words that we all probably know. Horse show hangover. Yeah, I hate to go to a horse trial. and You work so hard and you finally drive home. You get home Sunday night and you're like, got to go to work Monday. Ugh. It's the worst. Uh, but again, first world. Uh, Samantha says Equine Affair was so wonderful, but I think I talked to every single person there. I bet she did. She's very friendly.
0: Yeah, she talks to everybody. <laughs>
2: Melanie said, I got a gorgeous new dressage coat yesterday, but I don't have any competitions on my schedule for like at least a month. (laughs) Girl, you're going to be walking around wearing that thing around your house. You should be wearing it to work. walmart people be <laughs> like in sweatpants and a show coat uh lisa said i just moved into the most fabulous rental house in northern virginia it's three acres a two horse barn and neighborhood trails but horses haven't lived there since like 2017 and the pastures need some work and i can't bring them home until i fix everything And i just want to bring my horses home
0: <laughs> i kind of know about the moving getting things ready thing so i'm, I'm with you there girl i feel for you
2: I feel this one. I keep buying fancy saddle pads, says Chantel. (laughs) With all these gray horses, I'm like, this one looks good in red. This one looks good in turquoise. Ridiculous. I keep buying fancy saddle pads, but I don't want to use them until I can give a thorough, soapy bath. And it's been cold, rainy, and muddy, and it even snowed yesterday. And every time I walk into my tack room, I swear I see my newest matchy-matchy set mocking me.
0: (laughs) She lives in Pennsylvania. I'm surprised they had snow this time of year.
2: Uh Jennifer says Willow's special so she had a baby and the baby wasn't able to stay with the mother, so she's having to like bottle raise, not bottle, I think bucket raise a full. And her name is Willow. And she says, Willow's special milk replacer is always unlimited supply on Amazon. So I panicked and bought every bag. And I plus, I set up auto delivery at Big D's and my garage is now full of giant bags of white powder and my delivery drivers hate me now.
0: (laughs) How long does that
2: stuff keep? I don't know, but... (laughs) Baby's drinking a lot. Gotta have six months at least, I guess. Carrie said, my last horse was black, and my new horse is chestnut. And the orange saddle pad I ordered months ago for my black horse just arrived, and it looks horrible on my chestnut. You cannot put orange on a chestnut. <laughs> just You might as well no. put that with or, some dye. Or red. <laughs> turn it black. Every once in a while, a red will look okay on it. It's a, gotta a chestnut. be like
0: a... Um- I don't know. Burgundy almost.
2: All it can't be is orange. Yeah, it can't be
0: orange. No.
2: It's like a giant carrot. (laughs) Um, Anna said, I'm getting tan already from my days in the barn, except only my face from my chin to below my winter hat and half of my hands because everything is still covered in winter gear. (laughs) (laughs) I just saw somebody in Hawaii who was walking around that must not have, I was bald, and must not have worn a lick of sunscreen their entire life, but wore sunglasses. Oh no! And had <laughs> these white stripes from you know with the corner of his eyes to his ears. And we were in a restaurant, and so it's like it looked like he had flashlights as eyeballs. <laughs> <It was> <laughs> awesome. <laughs> uh, so, and it could be worse. Um, Summer said the one day I got to go see the world equestrian center was cold and raining. So the only horse we saw was Sergeant Reckless, which, by the way, it was awesome. And we <laughs> shopped a ton. And they had lots of autumn treats at the Pats, Pats Cidieri. The,
0: the, the paste. Yeah. However you say that in French, it's the French pastry place. And let me tell you what, they're really good.
2: And she said, I can't wait for next time. And thanks for mentioning the title sponsor of today's yeah, show. Thank you for that. Um. Chantel said, I wanted to start trailering to a local state park for weekend trail rides next weekend, but it's supposed to be a blizzard by this week. So the trails won't be dry by this weekend. And by the way, I'm in North Dakota. We get a late blizzard most years. Why would you live there? (laughs) You met
0: her too when you were up there, didn't I you? I did, yeah.
2: and she's delightful. I just really, <laughs> I mean, I, but I'm like, I just want to hug her. And like, she had a, a daughter. And I was like, just get in my car, I'll drive you south. <laughs> <laughs> I can save you. Um, but said, I went to a hoof trimming class over the weekend and I loved it. Now you say that now until you stand up, till your back is about to break. <laughs> Now I want to do more, but I have to work to make money for the next class, but I don't want to go to work because I like want to do huff care in a class. (laughs) Flossie said, I want to. Oh, (laughs) this is funny. I really want to put down a first world problem for Jamie to read. But my life is like So good. I don't have any problems. Oh,
0: my God. Everybody hates her now.
2: (laughs) Uh, uh, We're happy for you,
0: Flossie. We really
2: are. Yeah, we're thrilled. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Alyssa said we had an absolutely wonderful first show this weekend, but now I have to unpack the trailer and reorganize the explosion of horse stuff in my basement. (laughs) it's true like when you pack you put everything in this one particular location and it's all organized and then when i would pack to go home just throw it in there see if it'll fit
0: okay try that in a camper on a five-week adventure when you start out everything's nice neat and all your clothes everything's in its spot when we got home it was just all thrown on the bed
2: you open the door (laughs) and things just pour out out. exactly (laughs) Uh, a couple more. Summer said, "One day." Oh, I already did that one. Uh, Nicole, here's the last two. Nicole, I love you. After hearing about muscovy ducks on my favorite horse <laughs> podcast, I what had to go was get some. <laughs> that would be that would be this one. Oh, okay. uh, yeah, yeah, I know you don't remember, but I have muscovy ducks, and I talked about how literally with just two, I had no mosquitoes on my whole property last year. So now I have more. um <laughs>
0: 45 ducks.
2: <laughs> Listen, it's don't judge me. They're all going like to starve to death
0: because there's not going to be enough mosquito larvae <laughs> to feed them.
2: <laughs> oh no. My Muscovy ducks come up every morning for breakfast when I'm feeding the chickens. Oh, so they're like, gotcha. we want some too. Yeah. Gotcha. After hearing about Muscovy ducks and my favorite horse podcast, I had to get some for mosquito control, but now I spend all my time distracted by how cute they are. And I have less time with my horse. And she cute. included photos with their names. Let me just introduce you to Graham Quacker, <laughs> Trisket Quacker, Saltine Quacker, <laughs> and Ritz Quacker. That's brilliant.
0: That is so brilliant. Give her credit for that.
2: Uh, that was the last one. There you go. Thank <laughs> you, everybody, for submitting your equestrian you. first world problems. We'll do it again next week.
0: Jennifer has a duck thing too. And we have a huge painting of duck butts in our house. Uh, we have, you know, those duck things the little wooden things what are they called what they use i don't know for shooting or whatever they used to use um they made wooden ducks out of them well we have a collection mm-hmm. of those because they became a collector thing because they're painted so beautifully so we have a collection of those they're in a box someplace um but yeah she has a duck thing she would yeah, have ducks I, if we could
2: the problem with muscovy ducks and i let me tell you this right now before they get older and you go to pick them up is muscovy ducks because they eat bugs? They actually scratch a little bit, and so they have claws. So you can't snuggle a muscovy duck because it's like a cat with back claws that like jumps out of your arms. Yeah, yeah, I've I have <laughs> learned that hard way. Right? I did, I did. I was like, ow, what is that? And they're like, oh, they have giant claws. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> but um, my other ducks are doing good. I have some mallards now, and I bought some Cayuga ducks. So we're gonna have a we're gonna have a little family. Yeah, I know. And now there's two uh, Canada geese that are nesting. By the way, um, I would like to mention real quick. We're going to talk more on Wednesday about the Clydesdale of April connect that I'm training. Oh, have yeah, you seen yeah, yeah. this thing? Yes, I did.
0: I, and oh I'm interested to hear about it because you know I love draft tours. So yes, we'll talk about that on Wednesday. Tomorrow well, we'll be talking about endurance, and then Mary Miller and Jennifer will be here talking training on Thursday and Jamie and I the other days. So we have a full week of shows for you this week, but we got to go. Auditors, hang on. We'll chat for a little bit.
2: Spay your gallon, everybody. And don't tug your muscovy. Just pat it on the
0: head. Yeah, just i understand.